0: Hello and welcome to this week's freezing episode of Bro Partisan Hacks. I uh, I actually can't believe we were able to do this today. Um, earlier this week I thought there was no chance that we were going to do an episode. So, I uh, feel pretty fortunate. Both have power. Uh, both have water. I have water. You have water?
1: I have a boil water notice still. Oh. So, I'm filling like my coffee machine with... With the bottled water.
0: We got an email last night that uh, that said uh, we don't have to boil our water anymore. So we're going to run it through our pipes for a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, run the bathtub our... for a while and just let it, <laughs> let it do its thing. You know, spend about $300 on water because that's good right. for right the situation. Right.
0: Well, I think, I think we had already spent at least that having our taps on, you know, all, you... the yeah. whole week.
1: Did you got uh, <laughs> you guys because you had your tabs on? I'm sure y'all didn't freeze any pipes or anything.
0: Oh, we were very we we actually were very very fortunate. We um you know I I feel really blessed um because we you know we <clears throat> we had rolling blackouts here at our house um and so it would go twenty minutes power ten minutes no power forty five minutes power thirty minutes no power. And it would just kind of roll like that. And it was at worst annoying as balls because you'd be in the middle of something and then all of a sudden the power would go out. And so you spend the entire time that the power is on anticipating it going off because there was no pattern. There was no, like, you know, it's going to be 30 minutes, it's going to be 10 minutes, it's going to be, you know, this yeah. is what it is. It was just random. Whenever, whenever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so... And so, like, I feel, like, awful complaining about it because, you know, I'm listening to... Uh, I've got a group chat with my buddies from high school. And uh, and so one of them had a bus pipe. He and his family had to move out and move into a buddy's house uh, for uh, this week. Yeah. They're moving in today into uh, the hotel. Um, <laughs> so for for however long it takes to repair the home because... Uh, from what he tells, it, it, the entire house was flooded. Wow. Um, one of my friends has been stuck in Seattle. Uh, he went there last weekend um, and is still there. <laughs> uh, never got to come home. Uh, another one is a firefighter, and he has uh, been home for a to- some total of four hours mm-hmm. uh, for the last six days. So... Um, i'm really really fortunate i've I've, i haven't i haven't left my house but like twice and that was to go to the store that's right around the corner so um we've had warmth the whole time um you know i read the story that uh, mom posted about the little boy who they piled blankets on and uh he got too cold and, and died in bed um and I was just, man, like, I was prepared to start fires in my house. Yeah. Like, I
1: was like, i gonna was was like, like, burn not... this couch to the ground <laughs> to stay warm if we need to. I got tables had... here that are just, like, stacked up. I don't need right, it. I was,
0: re- I was ready to roll the whole grill inside. Like, I, I told the wife, I was like, there's, like, whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, but our house never got below 55 degrees like it. We were really, really, really lucky. So yeah. um, we just kind of hunkered down, you know. Uh, we were able to charge phones, charge our, our portable battery chargers. Yeah, we couldn't use our phone phones chargers. for
1: a day and a half. And I don't know about yeah. you, but well, like, we re- lost re- network entirely. Every, all, the, all the towers froze and everything.
0: Oh, wow. So we lost reception um, when our... Uh, when our power was down, but it's when the power came back on, we had Wi-Fi. So it would, <laughs> you would like send me stuff, and I'd be like, "Oh, look at this!" Uh, <laughs> whenever the power comes back on, <laughs> like, I can't. I can't look at it right now. <laughs> yeah. And so, but you know, we we there are so many things that I have, like my laptop. I can plug in a movie into it that I just like didn't think of to entertain the kids. You know. Um, and they you know they were having fun you know we gave them the flashlights and they were running around the house (laughs) going exploring with the flashlights and it was super fun but also nerve wracking right because
1: you're you're sitting there going like is the heat going to come back on uh is is the house about to freeze and that's you know that's that's mostly why a lot of the the people had damage to their homes like with those pipelines that are like in the attic and everything yeah uh, underneath the house, you know, underneath the house, they're supposed to be insulated. But if, you know, construction companies cutting corners then your pipe underneath the house, if you've got a uh, like a crawl space underneath there, the wind blows through and just freezes those pipes. And so.
0: Well, and, you know, a lot of those regulations are new. And so if you have an older home, you definitely, um, you know, if you haven't changed that stuff out. Yeah
1: or even yeah, go really. into there to insulate it because like it doesn't take much to do it i know that going sunday afternoon you know because i live on the coast and i was like you know what man it's probably not gonna be that bad And then i'm like looking at the temperatures and they're like yeah no this is pretty set in stone like it's gonna be five degrees outside and or three <laughs> degrees outside and it's gonna be cold and i was like man i guess i should do something with the uh the outer, uh, you know, faucets, and of course it's the day before the freeze, so every cap is gone, like every all those little like foam caps. So they're sold out in the entire um, region, and they were sold oh, yeah. out like last week. Every you know every single one of them. So then I'm like, all right, well, packing foam, I can do packing foam, and that was sold out. And all they had back there was like bubble wrap.
0: I'm like, am I <laughs>
1: gonna do a bubble wrap on this? <laughs> this ain't gonna stop anything. Um, but I was at a Home Depot and I was looking at it and all they had was bubble wrap. But then I look over at the carpet section and they had that recycled foam carpet rolls. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, Hey, nobody's been over there cause that would be gone. So I wander over the, to the carpet section and I'm looking around and you know, those like nonstick, uh, cabinet liners that you, you can buy with a little hole yeah, in yeah. the yeah. So I'm they sure. had one that was like solid. Uh, with no holes in it. And so I bought that little foam roller pad. And it was, I don't know, it was about two inches diameter of a roll. I took it home and I cut it into strips. And then I just wrapped the the pipes outside with that. And, uh, yeah, we didn't have any problems with it. I mean, it had, definitely had to scrounge for resources here. I don't know if you've uh, seen the
0: picture. I just, I just used duct tape and some towels. Yeah. Like, I,
1: that was where I was going to next, if I couldn't find, like, a, like some kind of foam or something. Because I was like, well, it's better than nothing.
0: Because the caps that I had uh, from last year, the dog ate. So.
1: <laughs> I know I destroyed one of them because I was so friggin' lazy when I was, like, doing You're my yard one long. time. No, I hit it with a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a weed eater, actually. I hit it with a weed eater and it just it split it into a million pieces. And then I was like mad at myself because now I got to pick up all these little foam bits all over the yard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, no, no, this will be fine. It's not going to, it'll just move it out of the way. No. So
0: we, um, you know, it. I got really annoyed this week um, with. <laughs> with, with some of the, the things that were said about this outages. Um, you know, like but, So like on Fox News, during the uh, during the day when they have their like straight news um,
1: segment, yeah,
0: shows, straight news shows. Forty-eight times. Forty-eight times. The panel host slash guest whatever blamed the Democrats. Eighty times. On the evening Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity shows, they they blamed the left.
1: Wait, is that combined the, with the Hannity and Carlson? So forty-eight.
0: Yeah, it's eighty. 80, 80 for the
1: cars together, and it wasn't individually because I feel like these those guys are rookie numbers, like these are rookie numbers right now, and they need to you know, pump those numbers. Well,
0: up. I mean, this was this was like this is like the whenever it first started. So, these are these are these are early numbers, early, okay. early, these are like early numbers,
1: Monday night, whenever our <laughs> yeah. power was out, kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, so these are these are really early numbers. Here's the thing, here's the thing how in the flying fuck is it the fault of the Democrats when Republicans have been running Texas for 30 years? How, how do you draw that conclusion? I don't understand. So 30 years.
1: It's, it's a convoluted answer. Um, and the, and the thing is, is I was gonna get into this. So if you want to go like dive right into like specifics and technicals and kind of what happened, my understanding of it.
0: Let me let me do this one more thing before you get into technicals, because here's right. here's the other thing. All
1: right. So okay. thirty.
0: So these are these are my memes. All right. The other thing, <laughs> green energy is to blame.
1: Uh huh.
0: Um. I I. Got into I had you know when we started this thing I made myself a promise that I was no longer going to argue with anyone on Facebook, um like I was just like I'm done with that right.
1: I'm gonna just argue here. This is it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is this is the only place I'm gonna argue. But the um I posted this this thing where you know I didn't really understand why um, people were blaming green energy because. It's, it's negative 54 degrees in Antarctica, and they have windmills that produce energy there. They got to 10 here, you know, 5, single digits, 7, 1. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still warmer than negative 54, right? So... Um, the, I, don't, I don't think their windmills are frozen. I don't think they're frozen on the, on the northeast coast. Um, I don't think they're frozen up in, like, Montana, where they have big windmill farms. Um, and so I really, like the people are like, no, it's, here's, it's, the, it's the Green New Deal, green energies to play. Blah, 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 blah. And no, no, I mean, I did see that that um, it cost $150,000 per unit. To winterize the the windmills, um, so okay. so a choice a choice was made, right? A choice was made to not do that, to not spend that money, and they didn't have to, right? They just they didn't have to, so they didn't, because it's not regulated. There's nothing that says they have to do a thing because uh, it's their choice. It's for profit. That's what it is. So, um, <laughs> let's, uh, anything else I got? Yeah, that's all I got for my memes of this thing. <laughs> so explain, for those of you that don't know, uh, Rob is an engineer. Rob... Understands a lot of the things that us plebeians do not understand. So what I wanted to do today was have him kind of go over what exactly happened, um, what could have been done to prevent it, um, and kind of explain some of the technical things that most of us don't know. Um, and I just want to kind of be the Joe Rogan- doesn't-know-anything-ask-questions guy while he does this, so um, have at
1: it. All right, so I guess the first question is, is actually, I have a series of questions. It's just kind of my understanding of, like, how electricity works. Um, do you have any concept, and just Mr. Brogan here, uh, do you have any concept <laughs> of, like, what a voltage, what a volt is, what is voltage, what is an amperage, and then, like, what is resistance? These are like the three basic um, components to any electrical uh, network.
0: Um, <clears throat> so,
1: no. Okay. I, so I, the answer I mean, is no. That that. I'm just gonna break it down real basic, right? So you know how a light okay, right. wa- pumps have, like, if you had a water system in your house, right? And you would have a you, you have a pump that builds up pressure. Okay. You yeah. have the the flow of the water. And then you have whatever friction the pipes give you. So if it's got to go through like a weird path, then it's going to have mm-hmm, a high mm-hmm. friction, right? So yes. you can think of amperage and, and voltage <clears throat> as your flow and pressure. So voltage is pressure. So it's the potential of energy, right? So trans like a voltage in your house typically runs in. It comes into the house at like a, from a transformer on the street. It might be like a one twenty in the states at, uh, running a 60 hertz uh, ac current so uh, we're going to talk about ac and dc because that's important too it's very it's actually critically important for this the reasons of like what happened and kind of what went down um
0: i i know that in order to have a light you have to complete a current
1: right that's, you just you have to make my... the loop right <laughs> and, and i can make a light power through either ac or dc current um right uh, I'm gonna to try to avoid talking about like how Edison was a little POS uh, and Nikolai Tesla yeah. developed AC current and then we ultimately everybody went to AC current anyway. As so yeah, it turns out it's it's better and more efficient for the way that we use it. In any case, so and resistance is basically just the friction in the pipes, right? So everything has a resistance, and the resistance is really kind of what gives flow. You could also think of resistance as a load, right? So if you have a circuit, like you said, you, you, you complete the circuit, you make a full loop, you close it, and then it lights up the light bulb, right? So your light bulb okay. is actually providing the resistance for the circuit. And there's a, there's a basic okay. direct correlation where it's like, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to mess up the most basic thing, but it's like voltage uh, equals current times resistance or something like that, right? So if your resistance is zero, then you have no voltage, okay? So, you have to have all three components. Uh, Next is how is power generated? Right? So, power is generated in in a sense today by making something really, really big spin inside of uh, coils, you know. And so, you have a big metal ferromagnetic shaft, which is just a piece of iron, basically. And you have to have your, your conductor coils, and this thing has to spin inside the coils, and then it generates a magnetic field, which then moves current uh, to the lines, right, to the coiled uh, wires that are coming off the coils. And that's yeah. really the most basic way I can break down like, what a turbine is and what a, what a, what a generator is. And every single piece of equipment that's ever been developed, to my knowledge, that's in mainstream use is based upon this principle. You spin something; it generates a current, right? And that's is it. Is that including?
0: Is that including nuclear? Because mm-hmm. I I know that like nuclear is
1: like yes. Yeah. So they, the way nuclear works, and we can talk about that. But nuclear energy works is basically uh, like the radioactivity that's given off by whatever your fuel source is uh, generates a ton of heat. Yeah. Well, uranium, plutonium. You can use uh, either or, right? And then a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, this is going back to like one of the classes I took in college, so it's a little rusty on this stuff. But like, uh, like one of the byproducts of a uranium facility is plutonium. So then, like, you can uranium is naturally occurring in, in the world, plutonium isn't, right? And or it is, but it's like got to be a bajillion years old, you know, before okay. it actually reaches the okay. half life naturally. And so, it's something like that. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> But plutonium is, is a byproduct of, of uranium usage. And so, you know, you could have like two sister nuclear factories or re, uh, plants. Anyway, so they, they give off heat and then it creates steam and then the steam moves the turbine, right? Just like a normal coal generator. Right? Okay. The okay, only okay, difference okay. is I the fuel source, right? So everything moves something spin. Everything. You okay. know, hydroelectric plants just use the water to move the turbine. Uh, wind turbines use the wind to spin the turbine. Um, the only thing I've seen that's unique was the, um, it was like a wave generator, not wave generator, but a wave power capture thing, and they're off like the coast of Scotland. And so they have these long arms that like sit out in the ocean and, and ride the waves, and they they uh, somehow generate power through that. Um, and it's really interesting. I'm, cool. I'm not 100% sure on how those are creating a current, but they figured it out over there and... It Doesn't do much for them as far as like real generation, but it's like 100% green and there's like no maintenance. So, heck yeah. That's um,
0: cool. I mean, if you can make that more efficient, that'd be a decent little energy source. It's kind of never ending,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, well, it freezes in the north, north of England, but I say,
0: so. I say never ending, but we'd find a way to fuck that up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, and eventually everything breaks, right? So, at some point. There's, there's no machine that an engineer and a physicist can make that's going to be perfect and run forever. It's not going to happen. Something's you know going to be lubricated. I, Something's got to be – it's going to have some friction on it. If it's got friction on a metal piece, it's going to wear, and eventually it's going to wear out.
0: Right. I was, I was, um, I was listening to some guys yesterday. I can't remember what it was, but they were talking about nuclear energy. And they were talking about the biggest issue with nuclear energy is when things wear out. Like so, um, you know, you whenever you talk about because we mentioned when we were talking about clean energy, we you said if you, any any conversation about clean energy that doesn't include nuclear is disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And so what they what they were talking about was the difference between nuclear energy and Colon, oil and gas is when things go wrong with nuclear which isn't very often it's few and far between you see the effects right in front of your face right you can go to chernobyl you can go to uh, (laughs) fukushima right but you but you can see what happened right you can see with your eyes what happened what you can't see is the effects to our atmosphere that coal and oil and gas cause mm-hmm. like it's not it's not in your face right and so it used to be it, yeah. it's true i'm just i'm just going to say like
1: it, it used to be because you know a lot of times you would go to like coal refineries, and you'd have this giant black plume of smoke. Now, granted, this wasn't in either of our lifetimes, right? But this was, like, back in the 50s and 60s. you see pictures of the old coal plants, and there's just these giant chimney stacks just burning stuff off, right? If you go to the old foundries where they were using coal, like in Pittsburgh, um, to make steel, you just have giant black plumes of smoke coming off, right? And so a lot of the the scrubbers that they use nowadays... um, they are pretty impressive. Now again, it's 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 not going to get the the nod from the green energy enthusiasts, but like, um, it takes that's out up. about ninety percent, ninety nine percent of of all the rest of the stuff. And so the only thing that most of those coal plants are putting out nowadays is um, CO two and water vapor. Like that's Interesting. that's really it. And I
0: think
1: the CO2 is what the, the word, CO2 is what they're the, blaming is on, right? So, um, uh, but yeah, no. So we, that's, we, that's the thing. <laughs> Again, the, the biggest polluter of the, the carbon stuff used to be the, the knots and, and sulfur oxides, uh, nitrous oxides and sulfur oxides that were given off by the, um, the coal plants. And so anyway, so Nuclear, you see it. Coal plants, you don't. The other thing that you don't know about nuclear plants, you probably don't know, um, is that everything is like minimum of like triple redundancy nowadays. And what I mean by that is like if you have to have a water pump running. Now, a water pump would be a critical component. The cooling pump for like a nuclear plant, that would be a critical yeah. p- component. So they required like a minimum of like four pumps that can run that system. And every single one of them has to be active, right? Or at least be able to be active. So you may only need to run one to, to keep the reactor safe. But all four of them have to be, or the other three, all have to be ready to be turned on in event of this one shutting down. And it's like that with every single component <coughs> that's on this thing. And there's different like rating classifications of like how critical something could be um. If you really want to get in, like, we don't need to get into that too much. We don't just, have to. Yeah, this, we don't have to. There's the the amount of regulation that's on this, and I've talked to engineers that work in the the nuclear industry, and some of the young guys who like come in and like, man, I'm gonna do great things. I'm gonna make all these changes, and it's like, no, you're not. You ain't gonna change nothing. You. If you're an engineer working at a nuclear facility, you are a glorified bureaucrat because any changes you want to make, any, like, say, you want to do something as simple as, like, hey, this little gasket here on this pump isn't the best thing. We need to change to this different material. That goes all the way up to the federal, like, nuclear review board. Oh, wow. And then it's got to come back down. So your little bitty one-inch gasket change can take like three to six months to get all the necessary approvals. So it's kind of a big deal when they say like, hey, we're gonna do this thing a little bit different. No, you're not. Like it is and I complain about like making changes where I work, you know, like, hey, I could do this and it'd be cool. And I just have to deal with like two different companies and right. and get them to agree like, hey, this is the best course of action. They have to go through like five or six levels of approval. For any change.
0: That's just that's just right there.
1: Yeah. So it's 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 kind of a big deal when you when you go to talk about um, how how a nuclear facility, especially, is managed. Now, uh, coal and everything else, no, they don't have that. They don't have near as much because coal is an unregulated fuel source, essentially. You know, it's it's just a. You can't build a bomb out of coal, right? So. Um, Alright, so what happened?
0: Moving moving back.
1: Moving back into what it is. So uh, to answer that question, I have to ask you another question. Alright. Why do circuit Paper. breakers trip? Uh, they get over uh, they get overloaded, right? They have too much hand yeah. going through them. Yeah. So what causes the circuit breaker to trip? What mechanism is that? It's heat. Okay. So when, when a wire is drawing current, it heats up. And so wires all have to be rated for a specific voltage and current. So every wire has a, a, has a very special rating. And if you know, you, you know the wires in your house are like little bitty ones, right? And you go outside, and then the ones on the cable lines are a little bit bigger. And then you go to those major transmission lines, and those cables are like 6 inches, 8 inches thick, right? They're big. And the reason for that it has to do with efficiency. Uh, So, voltage is transmitted at a much higher efficiency, the higher the voltage you can get it. So, you remember I mentioned that the voltage in your house is about 120 volts. Voltage on the power lines is probably about 4300 volts, the ones outside your house. So it's pretty high, right? The ones on the power cables, the big transmission lines, are in the neighborhood of like 43,000 volts to like 80,000 volts. And sometimes higher. Um, <laughs> uh, lost my train of thought there. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so when when the the rating of the circuit breaker um, doesn't match up with the power demand at your house, it's going to pull more current through. The line, then the lines can handle inside your house. So really what they're doing is they're keeping your, your house from catching on fire and the wires from melting. So you don't ever want, like if you're overloading a circuit, you don't want to do that, right? That's bad. Um, right. So the same thing can happen on a major scale, right? Um, okay. There are circuit breakers that trip... At like major transformer and switching stations, right? So they all have, everything is protected from itself. Because the mechanism of electricity is like if I, if I have a power source on one hand and then I have a motor over here. And then I have a circuit breaker. And I've got this electric motor. And I'm trying to run this motor and it's rated for like 20 amps, right? It's small, right? So I put a circuit breaker in there that will handle like 21. And so it will protect the amp, the motor... From overloading and burning up. So that's what the circuit breaker is there for. If I put too high a load on this motor, say, uh, I just like lock it up, right? And so I just turn it on, and it locks up, and it's not turning at all. <clears throat> that motor is going to pull power as much as it possibly can. Like it doesn't care about what it's rated for. I was talking about motors, um, and I mentioned that a motor. And this kind of works with any electrical device. But a motor is going to pull whatever it needs to to turn, right? Oh. So if you've got energy going to a motor, and, and really any electric device, like a microwave or whatever, right? It's just going to pull current. It's, that's all it does. And so when it pulls the current, then it actually energizes and turns. If it can't turn, it's going to keep drawing more and more current to generate more and more torque. Okay? So if you don't have any limiters in the, in the equation, which is the circuit breaker in this case, it's going to melt. right? It will pull so much current that it overheats and melts the wires. So with that understanding, um, let's talk about kind of what happened this time. right? So if we go back... To the beginning. And I haven't, some of this is unconfirmed. Some of this I've been able to piece together. Some of this I know because I know how it works, right? And I kind of know how industry works. Um, So if you have any questions, obviously, just stop me and let me know. Okay. Um, Right now, you've got both the green energy groups and the fossil fuel groups pointing the finger at each other because no one wants to take responsibility for everyone losing power. I think at the top count it was like 4 million people um was the number I saw of people who had lost power in their homes.
0: Yeah, that was that was at max. That was That was
1: peak. the max, right? So so that's a lot. There's like 34 million people in the state of Texas. So 10%, 11% of everyone in the state just lost power. And some people lost it for days, right? Like our parents they didn't have power since Monday, and I think they got it back last night. That's a week, right? A 5 yeah. um, days. And, and they're old, right? So, like, that's not good. <laughs> um, yeah. They do have a fireplace, though, so that's that's good. Um,
0: they said it wasn't worse-ish, though. That's what they told me.
1: It wasn't working? What?
0: was It wasn't, wasn't worth shit.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it said that,
0: that uh, it was, it's, like... No. It's
1: a fireplace on the coast, so... Right. It's not exactly like a New England fireplace. Anyway, um, so I was on the verge of inviting them over here because of where I live, I'm across the street from a college, and I think I'm on the grid with some major chemical plants. So I was, like, super fortunate that we only lost water here. Yeah. Like, I had power the whole time, but I didn't have internet or phone or anything else. So, like, we were very lucky... Um, just because of where I'm located on the grid. And I went out to, like, other houses, you know, when I would go to the grocery store or whatever, and, like, every house, or every business, at least, between where I live and the grocery store was, like, out of power. The streetlights were out, but I had power at the house. And so, like, a block away, I had power. Like, there was no power, but we had stuff here. Yeah. So yeah. We we're very lucky.
0: My, my, my oldest son was is on the same – he was at his mom's this – he had to – so. He had to go quarantine um, because some oh there's another story. I'll tell it later.
1: Yeah, get, anyway, we'll, we'll come he back was, to that.
0: He was at his mom's and her, she lives close to uh, Baylor Hospital. And so it uh, and so they never lost power.
1: Yeah. If you and and, it, and it's like, it's one of those things that's like I didn't even think about like Either I'm on the grid with the, the college or I'm on the grid with the chemical plants, you know, my workplace. Um, one of the two things has occurred here where I'm just, we're okay in this neighborhood. In any case, so let's, let's back up. So before the freeze happened, they kind of had an idea that it was going down. And ERCOT had requested approval from the Department, the Federal Department of Energy to basically intervene on their behalf with the EPA and the TDCQ uh, TECQ Texas Environmental Quality Commission or Commission on quality or something whatever that TCQ it's the, it's the basically the state regulatory agency that governs emissions and volatile organic chemicals right and on the ninth I haven't been able to confirm this but it's been reported that on the 9th they had requested a Leave to basically forego what their emissions limitations were with the upcoming freeze. Okay, so hey, we got an emergency situation. We can generate a ton of power, but you got to let us, like, basically cut some corners here. It's kind of what that means, right? We can do all these things correctly, but with, with the reduced rates and with these low flows. Uh, it's not reduced rate. With normal rates, we can't increase to exceed our emissions uh, allowance, basically, from the state and from the federal government. So they asked for a waiver on the 9th for that, saying, hey, we need to generate more power, okay? That didn't happen. They did not get that grant uh, for the emergency purposes, Um So, rolling around to Sunday, the the officials kind of knew, again, you can read this, and and I've kind of pieced together a lot of this from a lot of different articles. Um, The freeze started happening, and the temperatures started dropping. Uh, The first things to go were the wind turbines in Texas. It was the very first power drops. And going off of the ERCOT numbers, so their winter... So there's two different things that happen with wind turbines, right? Um, you have what they're rated for, and then you have what they actually produce. Mm-hmm. The ratings that, like the sticker ratings on these, on these, uh, all the wind turbines in Texas is somewhere in the neighborhood. I've gotten conflicting numbers uh, based on different things. The, con- the numbers that I saw at ERCOT for what they're actually rated for is about 32 gigawatts or 32,000 megawatts. Um, mm-hmm. which is a, a lot of energy, right? Like, Texas has the most wind energy of any state, period. Yeah. Because we got West Texas, right? I mean, you just pump a wind we turbine down tons there. Tons of
0: wind, wind farms yeah. out there.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, the first thing to go were the wind turbines. But they only lost about six gigawatts. Because right, that's about all they were generating at the time. So they could, they could put up, like, 32. Really, it's more like 6 or 12, right? On the best days, you know, because you can have wind gusts, and then they have to be braked, and, you know, if your wind gets up too high, then they have to actually shut the turbines down and, like, lock them in so they can't spin. Um yeah. Yeah, so like if the brakes fail on a wind turbine, there's some really cool videos on YouTube of them basically just breaking into a million pieces. Uh, Because, I mean, the vanes on those things are like 200 feet long, right? They're huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, So if they get spinning at like a couple hundred RPM, they're going to bust. Like they can't sustain the load, and they just tear themselves apart. Um, So, yeah, wind turbine brake failure. Look that up. Those were fun. Um, but anyway, so the first thing to shut down was the wind turbines. And that was uh, s- Sunday night into Monday, right? So they froze first. Um, and we talk about loading, right? And we mentioned how circuit breakers can trip. If you've got too much power going to one circuit, it'll trip that breaker. So what happened when the wind turbines went down? is that you had all this power coming in from West Texas, right, and the wind farms out there, and then all of a sudden you didn't, right? Because 6 gigawatts is still quite a lot of power. At the time, it was about 4% – 4 to 6% of what they were were putting out for the state at the time, okay? But a 6% drop immediately, essentially, um, is a huge uh, number for everything else to kind of compensate for. So the grid is all interconnected, and everything else kind of kind of ties in together within the state of Texas and the ERCOT region. And so you had a shutoff in one area, and these other plants had to pick it up. So what happens to the switching stations that are kind of in the middle, right? Now, instead of having a balanced load coming in from one side, going the other, and going this way, you've got all your power coming in one direction and trying to feed out multiple points. and they just simply overloaded and so the first thing to go down again the wind turbines then the switching stations that those were connected to that were actually the distribution points to about I want to say like a few hundred thousand people uh, were affected with the first blackouts so that was the first thing that happened right Um, and that's why the shutdown actually affected People at at the point of the wind turbine farm. So now you've got the oil and gas and the coal fires and the nuclear plants that were still operational at that time. Okay. Now the gas turbine production, gas turbine makes up about 53% of the energy production in the state. They're super efficient. Gas was really, really cheap recently with the fracking. So a lot of people built gas turbines. Um and the gas turbine outputs that I've seen they had increased output in some cases up to like 450% output Jesus. so these things were running basically as hard harder than they ever were designed to in, in a lot of cases uh, a lot of the coal production facilities I saw had increased uh, power output by 100%, so they're now running at 200% capacity. Um, and that was because on Sunday night, the EPA and the Department of Energy finally came to an agreement that they could bypass the emission standards. They said, hey, this is emergency purposes. You guys put out the power. Get it done. And so they did. Um And, and, and then all of these uh, wellheads, you know, you, you, you see in the news about the wellheads. So wellheads in Texas are basically just like holes in the ground. That's really it, you know. And, and the wells are typically just an underground cavern. And the way that you get gas out of these in a lot of cases, you can use two different mechanisms. One is to... Uh, fill the wellhead with nitrogen. And so you pump nitrogen, so there's, there's a cavern underground that's full of gas, right? This is your fuel source. It's like a big fuel tank for the plants. And what they'll do is they'll pump nitrogen into the ground underneath it to pressure it up to, and they'll have the, the tube basically uh, down at the bottom of the well, and it'll push the gas of whatever natural gas you have in there out of the wellhead with the nitrogen pressure coming out. Right, you push something in, the gas comes out. And uh, sometime around Monday at two a.m., uh, the water started freezing, and we started losing major distribution hubs. I know that I got a letter from my city saying that within thirty minutes they had dumped a hundred thousand gallons. They just lost it, right? It just poured out wherever it is, you know. So the whole system drained across the state <clears throat> because none of this stuff is winterized, right? Right now. For the major distribution centers, like we live in Texas, it doesn't get three. And that's one of
0: the things like Yeah. I've I've always like no. through this whole thing I understand why you wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's a huge cost. Like I said, it's for wind farms it's $150,000 per unit.
1: That's just for the equipment. That's not to pay the people to go out there and install it. That that's not to get the rig that the massive oh, really? rig that you got to get to get it out there to install it on the wind vanes. So like that just barely scratches the surface. So really the cost to install one of those things is probably closer to the neighborhood of like 5 or 600,000. dollars just for the people in the equipment you one need unit. to do one unit,
0: and there's hundreds of them, and there's
1: thousands, thousands. Out there. there's thousands of yeah. those things.
0: No, I, I mean I'm I, I get it, I get it. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I understand why why they didn't.
1: To cost the uh, retrofit is astronomical. Now, if you were to like build new, it's I mean it's a shot in the dark, right? It it might cost you a million dollars, two million dollars. To build this wind turbine, right? I don't know how much they cost. I'm just shooting in the yeah, dark. I know how much materials cost. Um, it might cost you a million dollars to build a wind turbine, right? And so if you tack on $150,000 to, to the price tag of that to winterize it when it's in construction, super easy. Yeah. Right. But now you're paying 50% extra cost on something that's already in service, that's already out in the field. You got to get the equipment there. And these things are in the middle of the field in Texas, and that is not easy terrain. Like yeah. over in West Texas, that is—that's desert, rocky, terrible. It's not good, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, its cost prohibitive, right? And we're gonna talk about that. There, there's a lot of things that are that are cost prohibitive, and there's a lot of reasons, and, and this does tie, a lot of this does tie back to money. Um, well, and a yeah, lot of it, obviously. And and a lot of it does tie back to. What you would call, what we in the industry would call like a um, credible scenario, right?
0: Okay.
1: So we'll get to that. Credible scenario. <laughs> Remember that phrase. That, that, is a, that is a specific term that is used. Um, okay. where was I at? So wind turbines shut down, water started freezing. So water, if, water that's moving doesn't really freeze, right? If you can keep it running, running water. You might, like at a surface of a creek, you might keep the, the top layer, might freeze, but the water underneath keeps running, you know, yeah. kind of deal. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, water is pressurized in these systems, so this is something to consider. But when you when you increase the pressure in water, um, it takes less uh, less time to freeze. It freezes at a higher temperature. So if you have water at, like, atmospheric, like a lake, Versus water in a pipe that is static, but under like 10 pounds of pressure, gauge. Yeah. The water in the pipe is going to freeze first. At a at a higher temperature, right? So it might freeze at like 34, 36, versus like the 32 normal freezing point that we think of. Right. Um, because pressure plays a factor in that. So, water systems and most municipal districts operated between like 30 and 35 psi it's just part of the the chlorination process that they use to Purify the water for us right so that it's actually like safe to drink um, It's what they use to kill all the microbes it has to like um, Pulling my shirt open yeah, so you can see <laughs> uh, It's got to get up to a specific pressure before the uh the mechanisms are activated to, to clean the water. Um, so a lot of these municipality districts have like what's called dead legs. And it's basically just a point in the pipe where you'll, you'll have like an old T in the pipe. And instead of like rounding that elbow off, they'll cut the pipe off and just weld the plate on the end of it. And so you have static water that would sit in that location. So that happens sometimes, and I would hazard a bet because that happens so frequently. Um, that's where the that's where the break started, right? Uh, we we have that out where I work. I think we had broken off last count in my facility, and I work at a small facility. Um, I don't know thirty something leak points where just the pipes burst. And we're we're scrambling to replace them right now, so you know it is what it is. Uh, our water systems aren't aren't insulated. The we, you know we have a we have a cold water system. Um, yeah. That is insulated because we got to keep it cold, you know. Right. <laughs> but, but. That's where um, we live. Yeah, like the, the cooling tower. We more system. more have
0: to, we more have to take care of the heat yeah. and worry about the
1: heat than the cold. I got cooling loops on a lot of different systems just to keep them cold because getting them hot is not a problem. Getting them too cold is an immediate, like, problem. Um, So anyway, so the water pipes burst, right? So what happens when water pipes burst? Well, if, if the whole distribution network goes down, which is what happened in most major cities across the state, uh, and rural cities, really. Um, you know, everybody kind of lost water for a little bit, which was very, very dangerous, right? You can only live a few days without it. Um, the state's resources were fairly tapped because of the... Um, there was an incident down in a city that had uh, the brain-eating amoebas, right? So they had people bringing water in. That was, that was uh, late last year. They had a kid die. At the
0: uh, yeah, actually, that was uh, was a friend of mine's daughter.
1: The what was it? Really,
0: that died. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. That was uh, they were from Whitney.
1: Oh my god! uh, I think that was uh, the kid's name in the news. Uh, uh, no. Are you talking about what what happened in Whitney at the lake?
0: No, it was in the in the river. The Brazos yeah. River. That uh, was uh, no. She caught a a uh, a brain-eating amoeba uh, in the river, and
1: uh, what was her? Anyway, the point of that story was yeah. to say that the the water. The bottled water resources of the state are pretty much tapped out before we went into this. Now, whether or not they resupplied, I don't know. But at least two different occasions last year, they had to supply counties with water, bottled water, to, like, keep people, you know, alive, basically. Yeah. Um so what happens when the water goes down? Well, if you don't have a source of fresh water and, and just replenishing condensate water system, you can't really run a steam turbine, right? So, <laughs> so when the water pipes froze... Um, a lot of these plants just had to shut down because if I don't have water, I can't make steam. And if I can't make steam, I can't turn the, the turbine, right? And it doesn't matter what your fuel source is at that point, whether you're nuclear or or gas or coal. It doesn't matter. If you can't right. get water to make steam, you can't make power. And then the nitrogen plants shut down. And this kind of affected us pretty pretty heavily. Um, so there are uh, there are units that, that people can get. Um, they're air separation units, and they basically strip the nitrogen out of the the air, the atmosphere that we breathe, and they pump nitrogen everywhere. Now, nitrogen is important for more like the chemical industry than the power industry, but the power industry also uses it, and they use it for like. Um, is basically the inert gas to move the fuel cells, move the fuel around. Like I talked about with the wells, they use it to clear the um, the equipment whenever you go to work on it. They'll use nitrogen to sweep and purge all the chemicals out of it. You know, whatever they're you know if they're pumping oil or whatever else, they'll sweep it with nitrogen to try and dry it out as much as possible before someone goes and actually works on it. They also have to do that when they're putting it back together and they're recommissioning it. They have to sweep it with nitrogen to get all the moisture out of a turbine before you can start it up. So right. if you don't have any nitrogen, you can't even start your turbine back up even if you need it and you have the supply and the water and everything else. So all these things are like interconnected throughout the state. Um, so nominal production of the state is about 81%. Gigawatts or eighty-one thousand megawatts. You'll see it in news both ways, both gigawatts and megawatts. So, uh, eighty-one gigawatts is like a billion watts, right? That's that's a lot.
0: Um, I mean, it's it's not close to. I mean, it's a little bit more than one point twenty-one gigawatts.
1: Gigawatts, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a real thing. Um,
0: one point twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs>
1: You could you could say, I guess you could say it with a hard hard G instead of a soft G, or a soft I, G I instead got, of hard G. I,
0: I'm just old, and so I, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you want to time travel? Go back and tell him not to mess this up.
0: My knowledge of of, of gigawatts <laughs> stems from the flux capacitor.
1: Back, back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know
0: the yeah, flux yeah. capacitor, the DeLorean. You gotta get the lightning strike. ...to get 1.21 gigawatts. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, yeah, so I have here like coal capacity output increased by 100%, gas turbine capacity increased by 450%. And again, that was at the height of the power losses. So when half of the production facilities that were operational... Uh, went down, and these gas turbines are now running at 450%. So they really, like, in, in all reality, it could have been so bad that instead of, like, 4 million people losing power, we could have had, like, 15, 20, 30 million people without power, right? Yeah. So... That, that that's just kind of like a, a thing of like how much can you backfill the supply? Because everyone's still demanding, right? Your motor is still locked up. Everyone's house's lights are still on. They're still trying to draw power, right? Right. Um, and that's that's where it comes into like load balancing. When you hear the news talk about load balancing, what it is is it's trying to match supply, uh with the demand, right? And so, you know, that's where you he- see the supply-demand curves of like, oh, there's a whole bunch of power demand during the middle of the day. Everyone's trying to stay cool in the summer in Texas. You know, air conditioner is the big part of why we are the number one user of electricity in the country, right? Because it's friggin' hot here, and like I'm not going to live in that. Uh, and i to turn on, I'm going to crank down the AC, I'm going to put it at 69 degrees, I'm going to live my life happy, right? All right.
0: I'm not trying know. to sweat on purpose. Yeah,
1: I'm not trying to sweat on purpose. So like people up north, like don't understand. Like, oh yeah, right, just right. open a window. No, it's 110 degrees out there. I'm not opening the window. That's like, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I go outside window. when I so, absolutely have
0: to. <laughs> and then turn on a fan so you blow move around the hot air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you know the the hu- when it's humid. Those For those of us that live in the humid cl- part of Texas, it's just, like, even the shade is not cooler. Like, it's still hot. It's yeah. still hot.
1: <laughs> and the uh, the funny thing that I, I always find is, it's like, so basically, if you want to get down to, like, now, ERCOT's going to do their investigation, right? They're going to have a federal investigation, probably. There's probably going to be a few commissions in the state of Texas that the legislate, the state legislature is going to come up with to do investigations on all of this, right? So everyone's going to be doing their investigation as to, like, what happened, what went wrong, what could have been done better. Um, you know, if you look in the news article, you would see that, like, Greg Abbott was railing against the, the ERCOT executive, whatever the managing director is, um, of ERCOT. Now, let me back up. ERCOT is basically the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. And they are a, basically a nonprofit, legislative-directed um, board that kind of maintains the power grid, right? So while they are not, um, they are an official government body in the way that, like, kind of the Federal Reserve is, right? They're directed by the legislator, but they're not part of it. They're not, pay- I don't think they're paid by it.
0: Um, I don't know how they're, they're paid. I did, I did see a breakdown of how much money they pay their people. I'm sure it's a lot. lot. It's a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's a big responsibility too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. And, um, you gotta be
0: pretty smart to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I I assume.
1: Um, so the long and the short of it is, is that in my opinion, again, and I'm just, I'm just someone familiar with the industry. Um, I know enough about electricity to get myself in trouble with the electricians. You know, I'm more, I'm much more of a mechanical guy, mechanical engineer. Um, in my particular d- degree program, I did a lot of, of electrical power and a lot more um, electrical analysis than like your standard mechanical engineer that would graduate uh, with an ME. You know. Uh, Because I did marine engineering, right? And so if you're out on a ship, you got to be able to fix everything kind of deal with their mindset. So I know enough to get myself in trouble with a lot of these things. Um, When I run into issues at work, I still do have to go and consult the experts. But a lot of times I can figure it out, right? So that's just kind of where I'm at. Right. A lot of times. So... Anyone who's telling you that, like, oh, it's it's all wind turbines' fault, or it's all fossil fuels' fault, the answer is they both screwed up. Right. Well, it was just and a complete system failure. Well, it was, I, it was I, I, a complete I, system failure, but at the end of the day, the only reason that anyone had any power, at least in the state of Texas, was because of fossil fuels. Because... The wind turbines shut down first, and they did not come back up online until, I think, the earliest one defrosted Wednesday afternoon. Um,
0: so, but even then, you really can't blame them because they didn't spend the money. Like I said, a choice was made. A choice was made, absolutely. You know, they, they absolutely, that
1: was, go ahead.
0: Absolutely was preventable. Like, I mean, there's there's no way right. that, like, those things still function if so, you winterize them.
1: So, right. it's, well, it's, I mean, mean... There's
0: a money sense there that... that
1: so do coal plants they, and gas plants, though. I mean, the, thing, the argument cannot be made by saying, like, oh, the turbines can run if you winterize them and then not recognize the same is true for every other power plant. The, the fact of the matter is that in Texas... We didn't renderize anything, right?
0: Yes, I agree.
1: And, and there was the, I think I sent it to you, this 2011 commission uh, in February, again, it was February, I think it was February 2nd and 3rd in 2011, um, they lost power to a bunch of homes. And at that time, I think it was like 150 or 200,000 homes had lost power due to cold weather. Um, I probably didn't read as much of that report as I should have, but it kind of had the same messages as to what happened here, but at a lower scale. Right? You had you had utilities yeah. freeze up, you had water lines freeze up. You had uh, at that point in time in two thousand eleven, the state of Texas had a much smaller wind footprint um, yeah. for wind energy. It was it was roughly about half of what it is today. Um, instead of being Get able up. to produce about 30%, uh, 30,000 megawatts, I think their maximum output was about 12, 12,000 megawatts in 2011 for wind. Uh, cool. most of the state was run on coal back then. Uh, and it's only been in the last decade that the gas prices and the efficiencies in gas turbines that have, have driven gas turbines to take over the lion's share of the market, um, but again, uh, you're talking about winterization as as a direct means to prevent these things. Now we're going to talk about that. That takes me into very nicely segue into credible scenario. Okay,
0: what does that mean?
1: You ready? Yeah,
0: I'm ready. What All does right. that mean?
1: Oh, okay, so credible scenario is basically how likely is this to happen, okay? And it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a large evaluation. I mean, that's all it really means. It's a fancy way of saying, like, is this going to happen really? Um, so in industry, say you have a, let's say you've got a, a tank, right? And this tank operates at about 10 PSI and the tank itself is rated for like 100 psi right so it's 10 times the normal operating conditions okay that's that's how strong this tank is um now let's say i put water in the tank okay um now it's seriously over-engineered but just for the purposes of this argument this is what's happening. I water in this tank, it operates at about 10, 10 PSI, pounds per square inch, and then it, it can hold 100 PSI.
0: Okay.
1: What would it take for me to overpressure that vessel? Okay, That's the question I have to ask myself because I have to design a safety system to protect the vessel. All right? So... I would sit down and I would calculate, okay, so what if the water became steam and it's blocked in? There's no way for it to escape. And so would I would say, like, what? That would build pressure. That right? would build pressure. Absolutely. Right. So that would that's, that would be a credible scenario. So, so then I'm looking at like a fire in the area. Can there, can, is there anything that can catch fire around this tank? It's in the middle of the field maybe right you know i I don't know maybe somebody builds a fire around it right is that really a credible scenario like if somebody comes and piles firewood around this thing and then builds a fire and lights it on fire to blow up the tank um no That, that i would say that's not really a credible scenario if i had uh if i had it in the area with a lot of other chemical tanks that could catch fire, so if I had it next to a petroleum tank or something like that, that could explode and catch fire on its own, you know, whatever other scenario, then that would be a credible scenario, right? Because the sun itself is not going to be able to boil the water under pressure just from hitting it, you know, so that would not be a credible scenario. So I would look at my scenarios and say, okay, so what's the situation where I have to put a relief device of some kind on this tank? And just for reference, most tanks have relief devices, most every single tank. And in fact, I think an ASME and API code both state that, like, if your tank can hold more than 15 psi, like, it has to have one. Um, like, period, the end. (laughs) Uh, but that's just the example, right? So, yeah. Um, so that would be what's considered a credible scenario. So we do this for everything, right? Um, there are procedures for, like, what to do if you get a bomb threat. Like, here's the procedure you pull out. What to do if the river water shuts off. Here's a procedure for that. What to do if, you know, you lose nitrogen pressure. Here's a procedure for that, you know. And, and these, these things are, are written and maintained by, by the engineers and the, and the people who designed and operate the plant. Uh, mostly not designed, but, but, like, operate and maintain the plant these are the procedures that kind of dictate every scenario uh, that they would deem credible, right? I live on the coast, and so the idea that um, we would have a hurricane obviously is a very credible scenario, right? So then, what do you design for? Do you design for the 500 year storm? Do you design for the hundred-year storm, the fifty, the ten-year storm? You know. Here's, um,
0: here's the problem that I that I have with that, and just just for, um, for the sake of argument. Sure. Um, we're we're having a lot of five hundred-year storms lately, like a lot, and mm-hmm. they're increasing. Um, so we, we should probably prepare for those. Yes. What, what's, what's, <laughs> like those, I mean, uh, what's
1: what's the five hundred year storm?
0: Well, I mean, just that we had what double hurricanes last year, um, that were coming in at the same time. Um, the the hundred year storm that we just had. I mean, it's just like those those things are increasing; they are happening more and more and more. Like, how many? How much money do we spend in? fucking FEMA relief
1: a lot but i can't yeah, I, I don't know if they're happening any more than they, they ever have honestly I, I really don't know the data on that and i can't speak to that but uh,
0: so as a as a lefty I, I can tell you that they're they're happening quite more frequently than they used I mean, to they're called 100 year old so, so storms the sources reason, you read claim are supposed to, so the supposed to be happening claim. all the time
1: so the sources you read claim
0: True.
1: I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the sources, and I don't have the ability to, to argue the point. What I do know is that a lot of these plants, at least where I live, are designed for the 100-year storm on most every single piece of equipment. For the really dangerous stuff, they're basically in concrete bunkers, right? Yeah. Um You know, if you got some methyl ethyl death over there it's it's in a bunker it's sealed and it's in inside another vessel that's pressurized with a nitrogen pad around it to make sure that what's in the inner vessel doesn't get into the outer vessel and then the outer vessel is basically just this this like concrete dome around this thing so <laughs> like that I was like oh that could be like a nuclear facility right there like it's it's nice and protected you already got the concrete wall around it oh, no, that's just, like, phosgene in there, and that's really bad stuff, right? So, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah.
0: Um, well, let me ask you this, and this is this is something that I saw last night um, because you've, you've heard about now with the supply and demand stuff, the, the, the price went through the roof, right?
1: Yes, I did see that. Okay,
0: so according to Texas Code... Um, after a declared emergency, selling or leasing fuel, medicine, food, or other necessity at an exorbitant or excessive price is subject to civil penalty up to $20,000 per violation and up to $250,000 if the victim was over 65 years old and injunctive relief. However, uh, they passed a um, an emergency order on electricity pricing. So they got together bef- on February 15th um, and says, in response to the we- weather-induced uh, weather-induced electricity crisis currently affecting Texas, the Public Utility Commission of Texas met in an emergency open meeting uh, to address concerns that certain pricing mechanisms were not generating an optimal response to the challenge. In this order, the commission directed ERCOT um, to modify pricing models to more accurately reflect the scarcity conditions of the market. Specifically, the commission directed ERCOT to ensure the farm load be shed in ERCOT's Energy Emergency Le- Alert Level 3 operating condition as accounted for in ERCOT's scarcity pricing.
1: Back up. Read that Decision- again.
0: Uh, the commission directed ERCOT to modify pricing models to more accurately reflect the scarcity conditions in the market. Uh, Specifically, the commission directed ERCOT to ensure that firm load being shed in ERCOT's energy emergency alert level 3 operating condition is accounted for in ERCOT's scarcity pricing. Hmm. The decision was spurred by ERCOT's discovery that energy prices across the system were clearing at less than the current system-wide offer cap of $9,000. I'm I'm assuming that's per megawatt hour.
1: Uh, Oh, I think so, yeah. So Uh, what is firm load? Do you you know what that is? No. So firm load is actually us, right? Okay. So basically what they would call a firm load is if you have 1,000 houses in an area, they're going to pull guaranteed a, a set amount of power, right? Now, sometimes it might be more, sometimes it might be less, but they're guaranteed to at least pull this much. That would be the firm load. So if the legislator is coming in and saying you need to adjust prices based on your reduction of firm load it almost reads as it sounds as though they're telling them they have to lower the prices because they're not they're guaranteeing that they're not going to provide power to those people.
0: So they're saying they're capping it at nine thousand
1: dollars? Which is a ton of money.
0: It's yeah, a it was, lot of... I'm going to tell you this, and I, this is just between you can't. I can't, I can't afford
1: $9,000, of fucking I a megawatt,
0: I, I was going to tell you. If they... If they uh, if, well, I think it's per megawatt hour, which is um, not kilowatt. Because really, we get charged, what, like, seven cents per kilowatt hour or something like that? Yeah,
1: and, and all the meters yeah. on, like, residential houses use kilowatt hours. Because our voltage is yeah. so low. Like, it's 120 right. volts. Is, is so...
0: So I'm just thinking to myself because I've I've heard some speculation that people are going to be receiving some really 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 expensive bills. Um, the the gritter people, uh, you've heard of this, I assume. Okay, so gritter is this company that uh, basically charges their clients. They pay a fee to the company, and then their clients um, pay. Wholesale prices, so it's 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 yeah, it's continuous wholesale pricing. So these folks and there's I mean there's not that many. They don't have that many clients. There's maybe excuse me, maybe you know fifty thousand people on Mm. this, but they're talking about like twenty to thirty thousand dollar bills hidden. And so I'm just like, yeah. I dare you to hit me with something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you I don't know, think that's You know gonna what's happen. gonna happen? I don't think
0: that's It's <laughs> going in the trash. Yeah. Well, and I read, and I read the other thing that, like, most of our, our, uh, energy that we pay most for most of us, mm-hmm. we pay it on a kind of an insurance-based thing, where we have a locked-in price you uh, you you pay kind of um, this this set price and you know if they're buying it the market is lower they get to buy it at low and then you know we pay the extra whatever, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're that's how they make money. Like so you are going things to pay like, at
1: most like 12, 13 cents a kilowatt hour, but right. if it drops down, we'll sell it to you for less.
0: Well, no, if it drops down we're, you're going to keep paying this amount and that's how we make money, but if oh, it goes up, you see what I'm saying? That's how that's how they're making their money because it, it's that time in between yeah. where it it's ways. like it, yeah. But that those, those folks that don't have that are they they could be in serious trouble. But my point is is like they If it without pricing control, because the system, the whole thing is 100% deregulated, um, it is what it is supply and demand, it's the the free market, scarcity, etc. People gotta have it, and you know, it, it falls back to the inelasticity of basic needs, but you know. And then the other thing, I guess, not, to, not to, to get back to, like, some of the politics stuff. There is no way that a Democratic-controlled Texas would have changed a single thing about what happened. You know, I've seen all over Twitter that people are, like, blaming Texans for voting for Republicans, blah, 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 blah. Nothing would have changed.
1: It wouldn't have changed either.
0: I also saw, I also saw, um, that your boy, uh, Ted Cruz, and, uh, and Greg Abbott have collectively, over the past years, um, taken somewhere in the effect of 150 million dollars combined uh from oil and gas companies so of course they're going to go on fox news day of and uh and lambast green energy and the green new deal uh and say it's all their fault uh, because it's in their interest to do so which like like we've talked about there's no way that it's not everyone's fault. <laughs> like <laughs> and, and, and ultimately nothing was winterized because we live in Texas. And so while yes, it was a preventable disaster, like you said, what what did you call it?
1: Credible scenario.
0: Credible scenario. I mean, who, who thought the entire... Because realistically, when you, have, when you have a freeze here in Texas, it is generally because Texas is huge, right? I mean, it's, it's very, very big. And so when a, when a freeze comes, it's usually regional. Mm-hmm. And so if something happens, you can pull power from other places across the state. This is the first time that it's ever been... The entire state, ever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is, is is it's bananas. Um, so again, who who would have thought this would have happened? And so the, it's it's kind of a, at this point for me, even you know being as left as I am, um, like it's just kind of a thing that happened, and we gotta we gotta you know. Got to repair. We got to fix. We got to do whatever we got to do. But you know, we're we're okay. I think.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that it's it's extremely resilient. And the the reason you know, there was an article that Dallas Morning News put out, basically where the uh, my wife showed me this last night. It was the director of ERCOT basically saying that they were minutes away from blowing. You know, he's, he, 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 he doesn't oh, yeah. get into the specifics of it, but it's like because of the load imbalance that happened early on um, with plants going down, other plants trying to pick up the load, people still having all their lights on. So then the firm load, the demand load was still out there, but the supply load was in flux, right? There was a high probability that they almost blew every damn transformer in the state. And every right, major switching right. station, right? So
0: just like you said, like your circuit breaker here, when it when it trips, yeah, it, it, goes. it goes out. But <laughs> and so,
1: but if like like you trip, we trip on like 480 volt, 240 volt and 120, right? That's the max yeah. voltage you're ever going to have in your house. These switching stations are running thousands and thousands of volts, like like 80 right. to 150,000 volts of electricity through them. So when they trip, they trip violently. And wow. they tend to explode okay? So like you've, you've seen the movies Where like the, the, the transformer on the, on the line The power line outside the house Like blows up you know You've seen yeah, that yeah. movies happen a bunch of times yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> So imagine that At a scale of like a power scale Like four times this high Wow yeah. So It would be really bad It could have been really bad um, yeah. And the only way to prevent that Is to kill it
0: so, and that's,
1: you know, that's one thing
0: my wife and I talked about was, was, we're, we're actually pretty thankful they did it. You know, we, we, like I said, we actually never lost power all the way. Mm. Um, you know, like where we were without for a long time and it's probably because I live in the suburbs and we, um, our power's on a co-op, which I hate by the way, um, <laughs> because they, it's we don't i don't have a choice. We don't is we it, don't have is a it choice. Like op
1: between like CenterPoint and Reliant or something like that or I, I don't right. know what it's called. So I think CenterPoint I, I owns have. most of the power lines in Texas. Between between CenterPoint and like AT&T, all the power lines are owned by.
0: Then who is Encore? What do they do?
1: They might be a service company. Most of the time are they, those, those 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 the work that's done on the lines is like contracted out.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Because so encore are the ones that like, encore is the ones when whatever the power goes out, they they are the ones that come out and fix things. So that must be it then.
1: Yeah, they're, I they're gotta, probably a contractor for for Centerpoint or something like that.
0: I got a I got a buddy that uh, you know, somebody that I know, but he's he's a lineman. He's been a, a lineman for like twenty years, mm-hmm. forever, and. uh... Man, I you know I was thinking about him all week. I was like, that poor guy is probably just out nonstop working. And so I, I shot him a shot him a little DM yesterday and just said, Hey, man, if you you need a hot meal or something, because I know he, I think he's working in my area. I'm like, just pop by, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, come on, because I, I, I know you're working you know, constantly. This dude, I, you know, it's, it's it's kind of those things that. That You know, like my friend that's a fireman hasn't been home at all. You know, he, I think, is staying in a hotel uh, away from home while he's working all these hours because he's work, putting in, like, 16, 17 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a tough deal, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that are really trying to help us out, and so we just need to – that's where I was like, I, we need to make sure we take care of these folks. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. Um, oh, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, you said unregulated, and I have to disagree. There is... I, I, I pulled up the Public Utility Commission of Texas, and there is a ton of stuff in here that I actually don't have time to go through. Um, <laughs> but just, it's, it's a lot. So, Okay. <laughs> Yes. Um, and there's the whole section in here about like cost of services, recovery of fuel costs, power capacity, cost, recover factor. Like there's a whole subchapter in cost and well,
0: also, you know, like recouping costs, they, how they can the, do it. The, the government didn't allow them to shut down power to hospitals, fire stations, uh, water filtration systems for the most part. Um, a lot of homeless people were housed in convention centers run by cities. Like I, so I, I understand that there is a there is a regulation. Um, some <laughs> there is some.
1: It's it's not Pemex, so it's not like <laughs> U.S. Exxon, you know, whatever. Like state run, that is true. Um, but it is heavily regulated.
0: So, you know, there, there, are, there are responsibilities that the government has protected us on, um, yes. which is, you know, I am thankful for. The, the thing, though, is, is that, I guess, what am I trying to say here?
1: It's, it's not as regulated as you want it.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I just, you know, I, I think there should be, there could be more protections. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and it, you know it, it's a, it is a bastion of free market capitalism. Okay, so I, there there is that. Um, and my competition... You dropped it. Competition does keep those prices low. Um... Except for in, in my area, when I have one choice, which actually, you know, is kind of annoying. It, like I have one choice for what I can do for electricity because of contracts with whoever. Someone I don't else. know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you just, you it.
1: actually should should you could look up like a tort law. Do you have one? What? No, he kicked it under and and it could be you know you you could make an argument for like I don't know if it would work because you'd have to like get into a contract with someone else and then basically try to say that they they are like interfering as a third party between a contract between two parties as tortious interference. I have five children. You don't have time for that uh. <laughs> social thing. <laughs> <laughs> Rather just pay the money. I'm just saying. I know, if you I've, wanted to, you could.
0: I have, have three children under three years old. Explore so. avenues
1: of anti-monopolistic practices, uh, which I absolutely hate. Um, so anyway, yeah the the idea that it's preventable is true. Uh, like you said, Texas is. Absolutely massive. We have power plants all over. Um, we have two nuclear facilities that generate somewhere in the neighborhood of like three gigawatts a piece. Um, which, at a state that produces 81 gigawatts, that's still a healthy amount of power just through those two facilities. Um, there's only 10 active, from what I could see in... Oh, I just uh, from what I could see in my notes, um, no, there's 14 coal plants in Texas, and then basically everything else is gas turbine. Um, I don't have a number for that one. Uh, some of the rivers have, like, you know, Whitney Dam, there's a big hydroelectric plant there.
0: Yeah, I actually always enjoyed going there when oh, I was, was a kid. Oh, it
1: was great. Yeah, man. They'd open up the things. You'd see the big turbines running. And, of course, back then I didn't yeah. understand what the heck I was looking at. Now I'd love to go back because I know what I'm looking at. I
0: know. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive.
1: But, you know, that, that they had basically shut that down because of the freeze, right? Because it's a dam. It's not insulated. It's concrete walls um, and metal pipes running through it. So, uh, yeah, I got something in my eye. In any case, um, there were a lot of things that went wrong. Um, and then, of course, when people lost power, they lost heat, and then their attic froze, and so the water pipes that so were uninsulated in the attic burst. And, you know, a lot of people, you see the, the videos on the TikToks and the YouTubes and the things that, you know, uh, there's just water just coming in, and then the ceiling falls out, you know. I guess one Silver lining, and I hate using silver linings, um, is that a lot of the damages in this case are going to be covered under homeowner's insurance, and they won't actually have to deal with TWIA. Now, I think we're going to see a huge spate of insurance companies not wanting to pay up and everything else. That always happens in major events like this, um, unfortunately. Well,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll say this. My, my buddy, that that had to move out of his house because of the flooding um, didn't even know about like he made a claim, and didn't even know about the accommodation
1: uh, that they had, and that
0: they get that his insurance gets. So that when I, you know, yeah, when I, he told me about it, I was like, I was like, hey, <laughs> I was like, they should put you up in a hotel. And he, he was like, what? I was like, you have in your insurance under major cat- catastrophes an accommodation clause or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I said, talk to your agent or talk to somebody, but you need to get on that and, you and... pay for it, and use it. Right. I was like, they will. They should put you up somewhere comparable um, mm-hmm. until until you can move back in. And I, man, I, we had people that like their insurance companies rented a house for six months because it was going to take so long. Uh, This is when I was doing fire restoration.
1: Right, right. But that's see, but that's like one-off things. Like you know, when Harvey hit Houston, um, it was everyone essentially. Um, Oh yeah, and even even
0: the the hotels. Yeah.
1: And so, like.
0: There's nowhere to put
1: everyone. There's nowhere to put everyone. And so a lot of times they were they were doing like... Um, it definitely wasn't comparable, but like FEMA brought in like Conexes and put up like tent cities and, and like the parks in Houston. Um, it was a disaster, man. Uh, but it was, it was just the, the scale of it was so big, you know. So. Yeah. And around here we had a guy who basically took him... I felt so bad for him. He lives in a neighborhood around here that kind of floods frequently, or at least he used to. And he got flooded out, and so we had this big problem where, like, the river upstream flooded, and it flooded a big portion of the area around here. And then, like, a year late, no. So he spent a year, like, in a hotel or at his brother's house, living with his brother, getting his house redone. And then Harvey hit, and it flooded again. I'm not going to make this up. So so he rebuilt it again. You know, re- to redid all the sheetrock and everything else twice within a three-year time span. And, and he moved up to Pearland. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to sell this house to some other sucker. Right. <laughs>
0: So, do you want to, we kind of beat that, that one into the ground. Um, what else were we going to talk about before, uh, you know, we, we went under for <laughs> for a week?
1: I don't know. I feel like we got, we got about 20 minutes left um, to, to hit something. Uh, Can we
0: talk about how disgusting this thing is that I found out about? Um slabs. Did you ever look that up?
1: I did. I did. I didn't have time to get into it too much, but it was student loan asset backed securities. Yes,
0: I think student loan. So essentially from what I've read, this is these are the same things that uh, they did with the subprime mortgage crisis. So basically they're, they're taking all of these student loans. Now I don't know if they're taking the ones that are owned by the government and these may just be federal or not uh, privately owned uh, student loans. From, well, they're okay. federally backed, but they're privately owned. I, so I don't know if that's all 1.53 trillion dollars.
1: In the article uh, you sent me, it was saying that they were more risky. Because they were no longer federally backed, these particular loans.
0: Okay, so these are definitely not the the federal ones. Okay. I, I so, think I
1: remember seeing that in the article you sent me, and I remember thinking like, oh, who's giving these out? That's weird.
0: the The thing that that like hurts my heart is is knowing that <laughs> our representatives it, it's a fun talking point. That's all it is at this point, unless something changes what, magically.
1: Yeah, student loan forgiveness I mean, is Biden a fun talking like, point. He he looked at the reporter or the kid who asked him about it, and they were like, "Are you gonna get fifty thousand student loan forgiveness?" He's just like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he actually gave a straight answer on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Biden sucks. <laughs> um, He's, he sucks huge donkey pin <laughs> Um, Yeah, so... Uh, um, yeah, it's just like... It's, it's the same shit with the subprime mortgage crisis. They package up these... The, apparently, they're packaging up these student loans... And they're breaking them up and selling them out of securities and dividends, and they're trading them back and forth to make money off of them. Um, this
1: so what you shit need to do crazy. basically is you've identified the next short. Is that what you're? Is that what you're implying? <laughs> because it's obviously a bubble and it's obviously going to burst.
0: Probably because uh, people aren't going to pay them.
1: I mean, well, thirty-five. Is it thirty-five? Thirty-five percent of all student loans are in arrears. Yeah, and it's like it's it's something astronomical like that. Like,
0: there's a large number of people that just don't pay them.
1: Yeah, it's just like whatever. I'm working at Starbucks. I didn't get anything for my degree, so I'm not gonna pay back this loan that I gave. You know, to to go to school. I mean, I. We were very fortunate to have a grandfather that invested in, um, Oracle when it was a startup company. you remember? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it grew grew and split and grew and split and grew and split and grew and split. And so our grandfather was able to basically have college funds for all of the grandkids. Yeah. All of them. Right? Um. That's it. That's where he put all his money, right? So, uh, cool. Great. Uh, Very, very fortunate. Winning the lottery, you know, basically on a stock like he did. Um, That being said, I went to college as a theater major initially. You remember? Yeah. Yep. And at one point I decided that these people were crazy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> so, so first off, I, I was doing theater, and I, I would do things like show up to a final still drunk, and then make like an A on it. And I was like, man, this yeah. isn't, this isn't. I'm wasting my time here. Um, I mean, if I wanted to be an actor, I should just move to Hollywood. But I don't want to move to Hollywood, so uh, it was very very left in my political opinions back then in those days Um, and then I went to do like theater design because I was like well I want to eat and there's usually room for a carpenter you know doing that work and then I went to one one party uh, one time and I remember walking up to the front door and there was somebody outside crying and all her little friends around her and so I'm like, wow, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, you know, nothing. This is the right house. You're here for the party. And I'm like, yeah, but why, why is it crying outside? I'm like, okay, she got into a fight with somebody. It's fine. So I walk in, and there's somebody like sitting on the couch, like right in front of the front door, bawling their eyes out because she got into a fight with this person out front. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Okay. So like, I'm like, where's the beer? Beer's in the fridge. Okay. So we walk into the kitchen. I'm kind of standing there. And um, I smoked it this time. So I was like, man, I'll get my beer. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And I walked through the bedroom. So they they're like, oh, you got to go through this guy's bedroom back to the patio on the back. OK, yeah, because I don't want to go out front because there's drama out there. And uh, I go in there. And the guy who's, whose apartment it was is like fussing about his girlfriend. And he's almost in tears about it. And then I get out to the patio. And the girlfriend's out there. And she's like full-blown meltdown everything else, and I'm just sipping my drink, and, you know, smoking my cigarette, just like, you know what, this party sucks. (laughs)
0: Literally drama queens.
1: Literally drama queens. All of you, I'm out of (laughs) here, like, (laughs) finished it up, walked right back to my car, and called my friend up, who was at the, uh, another place down the street, so... This was supposed to be like the after show party. And it was about that time where I was just like, i got to get out of here. I want to I wanna eat more than ramen noodles as an adult. And I remember I asked the, the director, the, the set director. We built this big set. And uh, I remember asking him, like, well, how do we know it's not going to fall down? Because it was this two-story monstrosity that was on wheels and it had to rotate on stage and everything else. It was really big. And... Um, I remember asking him, like, how do we know it's not going to collapse? Because people are going to be running up and down the stairs and, like, falling and tripping and running in and out and slamming the doors and all this other stuff. And This thing could fall over. Like, He's like, nah, we built it out a good two-by-four, so I'm pretty sure it won't. And I didn't really like that answer. <laughs> so, yeah. Right on. <laughs> right on. That's kind of how I like I was like, yeah, I'm going to go from theater to engineering. This is a great, yeah, great choice. Yeah, to figure yeah. out. Dad was thrilled, by the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my oldest son is a theater major, and uh, but I, I think he's gonna get a teaching certificate yes, with he it.
1: He told me he wanted to teach because I remember you you asked me to talk to him and like, how are you going to eat? Yeah, this is important. So, so.
0: <laughs> so that's cool. So I have to tell you this. Um,
1: Remember, remember
0: a while back we were talking about um, intersectionality, and, yes. uh, and so you know, are the people that watch the show are basically the people that know us. <laughs> like Nobody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, they watched the show and inter- inter- intersectionality, and the analogy that I gave was the the chat analogy, right, where you know. The, <laughs> the yeah. chads don't understand whatever um, that they have power so <laughs> the my group of friends you know they're like hey what's a chad <laughs> and I had to be like you <laughs> you were a chad they're like what, what does that mean I was like so, you are popular with the ladies. Um, you didn't even have to have game You could just, my especially my friend who who was asking, because he has like, the longest eyelashes ever. And, like... <laughs> so he's just like, bling <laughs> some. Just, <laughs> just, did... Yeah, and so like he got. He got, so much. Action. <laughs> we were younger. Now we're all old and fat, and so it doesn't it doesn't really <laughs> happen for us anymore. But yeah, like the entire group, we're, we, and so we all started arguing about who the bigger Chad was, and, <laughs> and so it's just yeah. This is kind of funny, where uh, how oblivious we we were then,
1: yeah,
0: um, and apparently still are. Um, but you know, well, I, I, I always always knew my power.
1: Yeah, <laughs> recognize your ability with the, um, the opposite sex. So there
0: was there was one time I think I, I I don't know if you remember, but the the one time I after I got divorced and I went down to a party with you at at Baylor, and then within five minutes I was making out with some girl. Yeah, and yeah. Her, your friends are like, what? He just got here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like five minutes in. You, you, like, later on, you were like, I don't think she's wearing any underwear. <laughs> uh, so I was laughing pretty hard at that. Um, I still remember that, that trip. That was a good trip. Uh, that was when we went down to, uh, to go see your buddy's band, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. We, got there, we got there early. Yeah. Wow, that was good times. Was good times. good. Uh, That was a long time ago, too. Uh,
0: Again, that was seventy pounds ago.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I, thought about what you were saying about that actually the other day, and I was thinking like, it's interesting because, on a lot of the, um, the message boards that cater to those guys, right, like the the the. I I don't want to name the you, uh, bros The bros or whatever, but like like the men's self help group, I guess you could call it, right? So uh, is that? Uh, it's the nice way of putting it. Um, the incel a little bit. Yes, the, the, the incels and and they're and they're basically like the how not to be this way, and they never <laughs> say like, they never say, just be yourself. Step one Be
0: attractive Step two Don't be unattractive
1: (laughs) Step one Is go lift a weight It's like You can be ugly You Like if you're having problems Go lift a weight Pick up a heavy thing And put it down And And then it says And the second The number two thing Is just like Get a hobby Like find something You're interested in And passionate about And do it yeah. and find someone who can support you doing something you love. And so it's like, oh, well, that's not terrible advice. That's not BS, that's like, really not. hey, that's... go be yourself. Oh, just be yourself, man. It'll be fine. No, it's like <laughs> work on yourself, make yourself better and more attractive in any way you can, which is pick up a weight and put it down again and then do it over and over and over again. And then yeah. find something you that's like it. to do that you can be passionate I, uh, about. I
0: lift a lot of weights, um, and I'm still
1: fat. <laughs> you also, I've been to your house when you have dinner, and you guys have a four-course feast every time I've ever come to see yeah. you guys. And I don't know if y'all are just, like, showing off no, for we, me when i we're I'm showing off for you. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just like, I've been <laughs> to your really house, man. Time. Like
0: we, we,
1: We're we showing off. Y'all, y'all put out a spread so, that would make... Henry VIII jealous, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, we're, 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 that's, that's when we're hosting and we're putting on a show.
1: Oh, okay, that's, no, that's not normal, all right, all right, well, that's fair, that's <laughs> fair, do that too. Um,
0: not to, not to say that I don't overeat, I'm just saying.
1: I guess other, other notes in the news, 10 minute wrap up, um, okay. I want to say, so the slabs are bad and it's the next housing bubble, we'll definitely keep an eye on that, um, yep. I'm really curious as to what's gonna happen between Facebook and Australia. I think I sent you that story. The, oh uh, yeah, that, the basic really premise was is that Australia was working on a bill to take a to force Facebook to pay a percentage of advertising profit to the local publishers. So like the 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 Sky News Australia or whoever else is producing the news. When those links are clicked on through Facebook, they would then have to pay, Facebook would have to pay the publisher for providing that service. So what Facebook did was they banned everybody. They blocked all news and government and emergency services. Um, So basically anyone affiliated with the Australian government and all of their news sources uh, could not be linked or shared on Facebook in in Australia. Um, Yeah. So, Facebook said, do something. <laughs> uh, oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean to block your
0: <laughs> emergency <laughs> services,
1: but watch out because we can. Like,
0: yeah. Um, I hear you're thinking about passing a bill. I hear you're thinking
1: about passing a bill that would take <laughs> money from us. and we, don't, we like our money, so we want you to not do that.
0: Let me show you <laughs>
1: yeah, what let happens. Let me show you what we can do. Uh, so, geez. the 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 parliamentarians are pissed, obviously, on both sides. Obviously. Um, so I think they are going to definitely have a a very strong bipartisan agreement on whatever path they pursue. Um. I guess it it'll remains be interesting to be To see watch what that is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's be going very to happen, interesting to but, watch, but it's definitely a thing going on right now.
0: It might be something for everybody across the across the world to watch, and, yeah. and because because at the end of the day, um, you know Facebook a lot of uh, Facebook is under suit, Twitter's under. I mean, a lot of these things are really pissing off a lot of people, but
1: Forty, they're all still order. on them. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm I'm sitting here, I'm looking at a tweet right now from uh, Donald Trump Jr. Um, and he's telling on Twitter to go to Rumble.com. I don't know what rumble.com dot Rumble
1: is a is a backup YouTube. It's an alt, oh, okay. alt alt YouTube kind of thing.
0: So that's where that's where the DTJ is going.
1: Yeah. And then you have Gab, which is the alt Twitter and I think Parla's oh, backup, yeah. but it's mostly dead now, from what I can tell.
0: It's so funny because I see all of my Republican friends, because you know I live here, so all the people that I know are pretty much Republican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just how that is. Um, but they all like keep talking about where to go while posting on Facebook. Like you're, you're, you're going to, you keep posting here and you keep posting stories on Facebook. While you talk about how much you hate yeah. Facebook,
1: but all their friends are on Facebook, man. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's hard to like disconnect yourself from some of these things. And I, I like, I get it. It's psychological. But I mean, deleting your Facebook profile I, is easy, you know, if you wanted to. Do I
0: kind of want to, man. I, like, I'm almost to the point where I'm ready to delete my Facebook profile. Yeah. And and because like, it's. All that I see is just, like, stupid misinformation, dumb shit, like, like a, yeah, it drives me crazy, like, I can't stand it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I was very, someone very close to me had deleted their Facebook and was much happier for it, so, um, oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Speaking
0: of, I was I was uh, I, I I was telling my wife the other day um, that we're gonna have to pay more attention on on Insta because we'll get more pictures of uh, the baby.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, it's, nobody <laughs> nobody can spout their opinions on the IG like they can on the FB. You know, like so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much more like food and cats and stuff
0: um, yeah that's what I was thinking I was like I was like we're I, I yeah. told her I was like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get on there yeah and I was it's like look people. at this because she, uh, she had just posted some some pictures of the baby yeah <laughs> I was like look at here ah! look at all these I didn't see these yeah. <laughs> why are we on Instagram so there's so uh, much though to keep track of I'm, I mean I, I i get worn out with you know, my own personal Twitter, the 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 pro partisan Twitter, my own personal Facebook, the pro partisan Facebook, like it's a lot to maintain.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Like especially since I've decided that I'm gonna be in charge of all the social media. Speaking of which everyone, I do all the social media, so if it seems really, really skewed, uh, that's me.
1: That's his fault. <laughs> it's, it's... I had to I had to create my own Thing for the just to like disagree with you on one point, I think. So it's like, no, I can't, I can't let that one go. Um, what else did I put down here? Oh, uh, Gavin Newsom about to get recalled. He wants to do a signature verification this time to make sure that all the people who signed the uh, the signatures. Are, and so the Republicans, of course, are pissed because they're like, oh, now you want to do signature verification on these envelopes and these signatures, huh? Now it's important for you to. To make sure that nothing was wrong. Interesting, Mr. Newsom. That's great. Uh, yeah. Governor Cuomo's in hot water. If you saw that.
0: Yeah, he, I think that's pretty bipartisan too. Everybody's the pissed Governor yeah, Cuomo thing. Like it's, uh, he's, he, he's in some trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah. Governor Cuomo, the Democrats want to strip Governor Cuomo of all the coronavirus emergency powers following the nursing home cover-up. Um, yeah, he, he probably shouldn't have ordered sick people out of those those empty, those two empty hospitals, military hospitals that they had in New York and sent them to nursing homes. It's probably a bad call.
0: I don't know why he did that. I don't
1: either. I don't know. I don't know, but it's, it's it was very interesting to see both like CNN and Breitbart writing the same story on that that yeah. particular piece. That was very interesting. Um...
0: Ted Cruz is a dumbass. Yes. Yeah. I mean, really, like at the end of the day, I get it. I I, well, I also get go to it
1: because. <laughs>
0: Be, well, it's called know, here's man. the thing. Here's the thing. You know, we've all been with our family, and and when the wife decides she wants to do something, you're like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Like, you're,
1: yeah, you're not whatever. gonna like back out of it, like, <laughs> oh, the, the, you know, the plants down. I need to work. No, we we scheduled this months ago. You're going.
0: Right, right. The wife and kids decide it's a thing. We're we're going. That's it. And so, and so, <laughs> on one hand. I understand. I get it. Because it seemed like his family was like, hey, we're going to go. Yeah. You need to be with us. And, um, <laughs> and so he did, and just not thinking. And it, I, I will give him the props <laughs> for saying, you know what? <laughs> I've made a mistake. All right? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I
1: probably did. <laughs> it
0: wasn't a good idea. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I can see by the, the corner of your screen. It's probably time to go.
1: Yeah, we're we're right at two hours, so I think it's a good place to wrap up. That's basically all my all my bits. I was gonna, wanted to, to hit on. Um, all right,
0: well, good conversation.
1: Yeah. If any of your buddies have questions, you know, have them posted in the comments, we can get some traction on this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That if. Hopefully this was pretty explanatory for for folks today. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have questions, if you wanna, you wanna, you know, mention something that maybe we forgot or we didn't know about, put it in the comments.
1: Yep, I'm still still looking. So, uh, like I said, there's gonna be a ton of investigations about this. There's gonna be a lot more stuff that comes to light. Everyone's gonna have a commission on this. Um, yep. We'll see what happens. Yep, but yep, yep. for now, lights are back on for us. So. Okay. Amen. all right man you have a good one
0: you too thank you for watching this episode of bro partisan hacks with reese and rob we really really appreciate you watching tuning in if you like this video please hit the like button please subscribe to us uh, we're putting out content as often as we can share it with your friends get it out there get it get our names out there also, hit that bell, tap that bell right there so that you can get updated when we put out a new video. Rob and I are trying to pump these videos out as often as we can. However, we both have day jobs and we have families, so our, our schedules uh, have to line up so that we can make a new video. Speaking of our, uh, our day jobs, our opinions and views express our, our own and in no way represent those of our respective employers. Thank you. Thanks again for watching.